Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. I am really excited, like I said, because I love I love preaching in these little settings like this. Like like this right here is like the span of our like student body. So it's like 20, 25 of us. And when I would have like a student sermon, I would just sit here and just be able to preach the word of God to them. And it's just like such an amazing feeling to because because when you walk in your calling, it's like the thing that like truly satisfies you. Because if so, example, if I tried to do like a job, like a regular, like full time job, I wouldn't enjoy it as much because it's not what God has flamed within me compared to like preaching or like being in ministry. That's a big deal for me. And so um, that's why I am. That's why I'm really excited. This is only my second time preaching. The last time I preached, it was it was pretty good, I guess. The last time I preached, I preached on um, exchanging burdens with God. Because sometimes when when you have a burden, especially spiritually, you can't carry it by yourself. And you can't carry it almost at all because it's just such a heavy, it's, it's heavy weight, especially spiritually because you as a spirit man can't really carry all that weight. And so it's when it comes to God that, hold on, let me open my notes. I was going to open them before, but I forgot. There we go. I no, no, genuinely, I had another message to uh, to preach. I was going to print it out, bring it here, um, but God had spoken something else to me last week, and I was like, "Dang it!" I was like, Frank, "I really wish I would have been able to preach the other one." But uh, but as I was saying, like like I said last time, like burdens. God doesn't want to just take your burdens; He wants to exchange His with yours. So he wants you to carry these things like bearing your cross, crucifying your flesh daily, um, taking that trying, you trying so hard in life, but actually trying to trust him in ways like, and like you feel like you try too hard. It feels like it'll create a religious mindset when you try to become something that you know that you, if you try too hard, you burn yourself out. And so when it comes to trusting God, you have to trust him more than you try. Because when you trust him, your trying will be a lot more efficient and it's a lot easier for you. Personally, for me, that's what it's happened to me. Um, and then I talked about guilt and shame because guilt, and, I mean, we all go through it. We all, we usually do. Um, I talked about an illustration when like the enemy, the enemy had created walls that I didn't know about that I couldn't tell because I was so, uh, mentally emotionally blind by it that I couldn't recognize that that was a problem that that had made complications within me that I couldn't ask God for help that I couldn't see um I couldn't see the problem and so I was stuck in that area until God can save you you know God can save you either way and so that was kind of my message uh last time I came it was a lot better a lot better than I expected but actually, uh, today I want to talk about building your faith. This is more of a principle that you can live in, that you can live by. Um, so it's, about, it's a sermon about building your faith on expectation. We all like to expect things from people. So like, there are things that Matthew does and knows that I expect him to do. Why? Because I know him personally. Same thing with Anna. Like, I, I expect them because, not just because they're my sibling, but because I know them personally. And it's the same thing with God. Expectation takes faith to grow. 
Because God, if you know God personally on a deeper level, then you'll have an expectation that's going to grow and grow and grow. And so, has any, okay, so let me raise of hands. How many people have, had, have expected someone to do something, but they did not meet your expectation? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, me too. Um, that's, this is, this is not really, like I said, this is not really a personal message. This is more of something God had showed me that I feel like it's, it's just simple and it's something easy to understand. Um, so like I said, like, pe- like us as people, I'm going to be honest, we're not, we're not perfect. So when it comes to um, expecting someone to do something, it's not easy to expect because if you expect them, you're going to face disappointment because they won't meet an expectation that you wanted them to meet because they're not perfect and because they don't know you like God knows you. you know? And so when it comes to expectation, it's a big deal that God... Because, so there was a, so let me, let me, let me slow down for a second. There was a, um, a couple of, I think last month, there was an, uh, an, they called it Inspire Night at Crossroads, and they had Kim Walker Smith show up. And so, me and the, me and my, uh, classmates, we were talking about how, how excited we were for, uh, for Kim Walker Smith. And, our director had mentioned, you know, come expecting God to move, come, ex- come expecting God to do something in that worship session. And it is true that night. And it's so cool. No, not a lot of people believe me, especially the people that, of course, the people that weren't there, but especially the people that were there after, after the set, the worship session was over and uh, Pastor Jeff had came up to, uh, to give a final word. There was glitter falling down from uh from the top of the uh the top of the building and and I was like man am I like seeing something like I feel like th- like it's like not real but everyone else had seen it and some people have believed that it was like I guess like just like we were singing too loud so like it like dangled off the roof or something like that so it didn't seem like it would be like yeah dangling it would seem like it wasn't like it wouldn't be like oh that's not god that was just like you know just a little bit of like something off the top of the building, but, but I can personally tell you in my spirit, I believe that that was the physical evidence of the glory of God because I didn't want to miss that moment because I don't like, cause I'm a natural doubter when it comes to regular things in life. Like I doubt like, Oh, am I going to get this job or not? Or am I going to be able to do this or not? Like stuff like that, like decisions I try to make or things that I think that I can expect in, I doubt it. So when I saw it, I actually had faith in it. So that's when I say expectation takes faith. Um, but there is an area where, because the Bible does say, so like example, the Bible says that um, Jesus is a healer. So I have an expectation for, for God to heal in my life. The Bible also says that he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a wonderful counselor. I believe he'll be able to counsel me through areas that I'm struggling with. Um, I believe he's the ultimate restorer. He, I believe and I expect him to, ha- to bring restoration into my family, uh, people, friends that I know, the Acadiana. Like, I believe that stuff. I believe I have an expectation on God for that. And you can have that. A lot of people think like, oh, God's not your do boy or whatever. I've heard that a lot during school because there's a lot of like Bible scholars and like theologians that think like, you know, they're at that stage where they think they know everything. 
But it's until God does something that they just, they're like, oh no. Like they hit the ground really hard because they think they knew it just from a, just from like just reading the Bible, but they didn't fully grasp what God was trying to tell them, you know? And so expectation takes faith. It takes a good bit of faith actually, because sometimes when I try to expect something, the first thing that comes into mind is doubt. Doubt's always the first thing that comes into mind when I'm trying to expect something. And so with all that said, expectation is a big thing. And don't be afraid to expect God to do something because God's going to do something. Either you expect it or not, he'll do something in your life. Why? Because you're his child. You're, you're sons and daughters of the most high God. So that means you, even when you don't expect him to do something, he'll still do something because he knows exactly what you need. He knows your needs. And so, but I wanted to preach on something that, um, that helps actually, it actually builds your faith. Because expectation takes it, but I believe this builds the faith within you. And so, I'm going to be talking about um, expect the unexpected. So, unexpectation... Hold on, let me rephrase that. So when we expect, see, the question is, is that, because people have asked me this before uh, in school, they would ask me if I'm supposed to expect God to do something and he actually does it. It's like, hold on, let me, re, let me rephrase it. I'm trying to say it in the right way. When they asked me, they said, I expected God in an area. He did it, but he didn't meet my expectation. So like when he did it, it didn't seem the way they thought they that it would happen, you know? And so so I kind of want to preach on that question because some of us, I mean, so I'm guess I'm I'm pretty sure like most of us, you know, know the Bible. We were Christians here, you know, Christian people. Um but I wanted to get more of a deeper faith-based type of thing. Like unexpectation, I believe, builds your faith. Because sometimes when God does something unexpected, it turns into disappointment because we're disappointed. But the thing is, is that we have to expect the unexpected because I'm going to give a couple of things, a couple of places biblically where God has this unexpectation, that God does something unexpected in your life. So the first area I wanted to talk about is when he speaks, his voice. His voice is unexpected. First uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It's all the way... It's in the beginning. I thought it was farther out. Hope I can find it. I should have opened it from the beginning. Um, what was it? Three. Oh, three. I thought I said ten. All right. First Samuel three, verse one through ten. This is for a little bit of context. This is the story where Samuel. Uh, he. This was Samuel the prophet. This was before Saul. This was before King David. This was when Saul. Uh, Samuel was. Um, what was it? This was the time when Samuel was a very young person. I think it was his dad. Uh, he had a father named Eli, um, who did some who did some really weird things. Actually, in chapter two, uh, the Lord actually rejected Eli's household, and so Eli had done some really, really like ratchet stuff, like weird, weird stuff. But but the Lord was trying to tell, speak to Samuel about it, so that Samuel would tell Eli. Um, so in verse one, it says, now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord. Yeah. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli 
And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. So that's the first point. Um, that was the first thing I kind of realized, like, like no one heard in that time. Like, it was hard to hear God speak because a lot of them back in that, back in that gap of that area, a lot of them were very faithless. They didn't believe that God could actually speak in this moment in time. And that was when God called Samuel to use him as a vessel, a pedestal, to speak what God wanted to say through him. And so there was no frequent vision. At, that, at the time, Eli, whose eyesight was, uh, began to grow dim and so he could not see, he was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God has, uh, had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the uh, temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, "Here I am," and ran to Eli, and he said, "I did not call you. Lie down again." So he went and laid down. Uh, so he went back and laid down, and then the Lord called him again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, "Here I am, for you called me." But he said, "I did not call you, my son. Lie down again." Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So I wanted to stop there because verse 7, it's, it, I kind of questioned it because I was like, okay, to the certain people in here, how many of y'all, not, not the, the, like the vocal part of God, but like have you heard God speak before in your life? Not verbally, just in a way. So, so in this part, I, I asked myself, uh, why would Samuel... Why would this relate to people who have heard from God? If Samuel had never heard, had never knew who the Lord was, or have never heard the word of the Lord before, and it uh, it came to my, it, God kind of put this in my heart, and it's maybe because God's trying to speak to you, but maybe you don't see it. He do, and he's done this a lot in my life, where he'll speak to me, but I don't see it because it's not the way I expected it. You get me? It's not the way I expect it. Um, and so I'm, I'm gonna continue reading. And then the Lord called Samuel again a third time and he rose and went, uh, to Eli and said, here I am for you have called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Um, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak Lord for your servant hears. Or another version says your servant's listening. So Samuel went and uh, laid down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood, calling as the, uh, as the other times. So I like how it says, like, the Lord came and stood. Like, he was physically standing there in front of Samuel. And he said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Oftentimes, when God speaks, it's unexpected. Through things, because God can use anything to speak to you because I believe that God can do anything past your convenience, almost in a way of, um, almost in a way of, how do I word this right? When you expect God to speak to you, it's not the way you're going to expect it. It's not by the preference of how you think he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak the way he's going to have to speak to you. So the most convenient place God speaks in is his word. Top, the, it's the most convenient, easiest, most safest place to hear from him because his word says it's alive and active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts through soul and spirit. It's the number one place where you're going to be able to hear his word. 
But there's other places where he speaks that's unexpected. A more convenient place, I guess, is, is people. He speaks through people. Um, but there was something that he had showed me that really, like, wrecked me. Um, I'm going to be real with y'all. How many of y'all, uh, there was someone that you didn't really like, like, kind of rubbed you the wrong way, but God used them to speak to you? Has that been anyone? So I'll make, so I'll make, yeah, it's really good. So I'll make, so I'll make an example. Um, a, a couple, you actually way back when I was at my, uh, old, old youth group, um, before this, uh, there was this guy that was uh, a leader there and I did not like him. I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't a big fan of him. Like he rubbed me the wrong way. I felt like he was like that lukewarm Christian. Like he just wasn't doing what as a leader should do in a, in a youth ministry. And so I didn't really enjoy it as much. But he had got onto the podium and spoke, and I was like, like I had like this, this, this peace yet conviction. It was a word that God had, God had given him. I was like, man, that was from God, but that doesn't make any sense. Like I wouldn't expect God to use someone like that. But that's where that comes in. God will use someone. Sometimes God has to use someone that you don't really like to get your attention for to speak to you because another thing that when God's voice is unexpected, the reason why, another reason why it's unexpected is because, because of the world that we live in. It's, it's the media that we scroll on. It's the people that, that have their own opinions and they have their own sight on how the world should work. We have just these things, the media, the news, just, it just talks and talks and talks. And that's why it makes it so hard to hear the voice of God because we're so much in the world's view when God's trying to speak through a spiritual view. And it's hard to hear him because we're so constantly on different other things in the world that it's hard to hear him speak. Um, so understand that sometimes God has to get creative. And like I said, it's unexpected. A funny uh, verse I found was in uh, Numbers 22. I thought it was the funniest thing. This is when God spoke through a donkey. Let me say that again. God spoke through a donkey. It's pretty hilarious. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, what did I say? I said verse 25. Put it on the, uh, I think I said verse 25. No, I said 24. My bet. 20. Oh, you, you just messed me up. <laughs> um, so chapter 22, verse 24. Then the donkey no. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vi- ugh, the vine uh, the vineyard, with a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall, and pressed. How do you say that? Balaam. I always said Balaam. I don't know why I like that word Balaam. So ba- so Balaam, uh, yeah, Balaam's foot against the wall, and so he struck the donkey. He struck her again. Um. The context of this is that um, Balaam, Balaam. Okay, I was making sure I said it right. So Balaam, in this moment, he was trying to. I think he was trying to. He was traveling somewhere. I didn't get the full context of what it said, but but the as you can tell, the angel of the Lord was in front of him. He was literally standing right in front of him. But because he was so distracted because of the situation with the donkey. He kicked it to the, he, he literally like when it kicked him to the wall, he literally like hit the donkey. And it's funny to see that sometimes when you're in a situation that kind of 
goes doesn't go your way or doesn't go right and God's trying to show you something or speak to you that we get so distracted with the situation that we don't even expect God's literally in front of us and so uh verse 28 says then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she and she said to uh Balaam what have I done to you that you have struck me with these three times and Balaam said to the donkey because you have made me a because you have made a fool of me I wish I had a sword in my hand for then I would kill you so a cool thing was, was that I kind of like, I thought of like Shrek, like Eddie Murphy's donkey, like the donkey from Shrek. I just, I just thought like saying like that, uh, never mind. Uh, so <laughs> um, there was more that I was going to say, like uh, a past verse. Uh, I was going to say like up to verse, yeah, I only said 28. Yeah. Tw- oh, we did put up 29. I didn't notice that. Um and so I'll, I'll just move on to verse 30. We don't have to have it up. And then the donkey said to uh, Balaam, I am not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day in my habit to treat me this way. So he's basically saying, have I brought you all this way for you to treat me like that? And it comes to the point where we have to understand that we can't let the situation that we're in hinder us from hearing the voice of God because it's all about focus. So if you're in tone with the Holy Spirit and you're seeking God's presence and you're being obedient to his will, his, him speaking will be a lot more easier to listen to and it'll be a lot more vibrant. And I feel like we miss that because we're so focused on the donkey being, doing this and that when we shouldn't be, when we should be focusing on the angel of the Lord in front of us, you know? And so understand that when God speaks, it's unexpected. He'll use something like that. The, uh, the second unexpectation is his plans. That's a big one, actually. Wow. Same mistake every time. Um, yeah, so his plans. God, yeah, we. I, I feel like a lot of us know this. God's plans are not our plans. I'm just going to tell you that right now. In a lot of areas, I would have never planned to have a heart for ministry if God didn't have a plan for it. Because I realized that, like, if God would have told me earlier before he would have put that desire in my heart, I would have bailed. Like, to be honest, like, I would have been like, I, like, I wanted to play football. I was going to follow my dad's, like, footsteps uh, to work in the oil rig. Like, I was going to do, like, uh, heck, I was going to do, if YouTube was this popular, I would have done it. I would have done YouTube, honestly. But, <laughs> but, but God had a different plan. And like I said, his plans are not always your plans. And so, um, so the verse I'm referencing is uh, Jeremiah 29.11. We all know this verse. Actually, I looked online, and Jeremiah 29.11 is the most quoted scripture in the Bible right now. Because it used to be John 3.16, but then it like literally dropped down to like third place or whatever. Because Psalm 23, um, Psalm 23 is like, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. Uh, cover me with your rod and staff and whatnot. Um, but Jeremiah 29.11 is on top. And I don't know if y'all had heard about this, but like a lot, there's been a lot of like controversy around that scripture. Like it's like taken out of context or whatever. I'm pretty sure I've never really heard that. I feel like it's only like, like Bible scholars thing or whatever. But, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, but I'm going to use, but I'm going to go through 11 through 13 because I feel like the con, the, the meaning of his plan is that it's not our plans. And when it happens, it's like, do we really like the plan or not? You have to ask yourself that question. Like, cause, cause I'm pretty sure God always has a plan that 
you won't like. There's always going to be a plan that God puts in your life that you won't really enjoy that much. Especially like, like for me, like ministry wise, I didn't know ministry would be as hard as I have now experienced through Bible college. I would have never experienced the way ministry works if God didn't give me this plan or like I would have, like I said, I would have bailed. Um, but, but in uh, Jeremiah twenty eleven it says, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to uh, welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So he says, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. What does that imply? That means he knows you don't. So when it comes to that, with his plans, he'll tell you, he, he, God takes it slow. If he told you everything at once, you wouldn't follow it all the way. Because as a human being, it's very hard to follow through something when you know everything. I, I, can, I can say from experience, when I knew something like uh, earlier ahead, I was overwhelmed by it. There was so much like anxiety to it. Like I just couldn't like, I couldn't bear it. But when he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, he knows it. But a lot of people like to fill in the blank. Like I know the plans that I have for you is the same as you know the plans that you have for you. If God didn't tell us his, if God didn't tell us for I know the plans I have for you. No, 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 no. It, our plans are not as same as his plans. If they were, if our plans were the same as his plans, he wouldn't say this. He wouldn't say, for I know the plans I have for you. So his plans are completely focused on his will, not our preferences. Does that make sense? And so, um, ver- but verse 12, that's why when you say 11, really you want to say 12 and 13. Because 12 and 13 says this, then you will seek me, you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, personally, that's a lot more beautiful than hearing, for I know the plans I have for you. Because it's saying to seek him. But a lot of times, we don't like the, sometimes we don't focus on the verse that's about him. We like to focus on the verse that's about his plan. And so when it comes to the moment of you need to understand that seek him in the moments where you don't like the plan. And that was another quote from a pastor. He said, will you trust God even when you don't like the plan? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, yeah. Do, will you seek him even when you don't like the plan? Because oftentimes, like I said, when you know the plan, when the plan starts to happen, it's just, it just seems like, can I trust God that much with a plan this extreme, with this big, you know? Um, I'm going to make a reference to a movie. Have you, has everyone seen Avengers Endgame? Has everyone seen it? Yeah? Uh, if you haven't seen it, I can't blame you for not watching it because I'm about to spoil it, so I'm sorry. Um, but at the end of the film... Uh, Iron Man had asked Doctor Strange, will we win this in the end? Because Doctor Strange knew what was going to happen. But he told him, if you, if I told you what would happen, it wouldn't happen. And I think it's the same thing with us and God. If God told us from the get-go his big plan, we wouldn't do it. it like I said, if I knew youth ministry would, or like ministry in general was going to be this much, this tedious, until he put the desire in me, I would have never done it. But it's when God takes the small steps to develop your growth, to develop your faith, to make that plan happen. And so 
when it comes to, so for example, if you don't like Jeremiah 29, 11, look to 12 and 13. So if you don't like the plan, what do you do? You seek him and you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. Who's he? Who is he? God. Who is God? He's peace. He's a protector. He's shelter. Um, I had other ones that I had said because it was really good. Um, yeah, he's peace, protection. He's the provider. He's the shelter, and he's the comfort of our soul. So if you're anxious about his plan for your life, if you don't know the plan right now and you feel like you want to know, because how many planners in here, how many like people like to plan stuff? You know, oh, yeah, raise your hand, Michaela. I saw Jonathan trying to raise that hand up. Um, yeah, like, so I'm not big of a planner, but I'm trying to, like, because I'm a go-with-the-flow type of guy. So, like, when I plan stuff, I take, I kind of take my time. I don't go too quick with it. Who who plans quick? Do you plan very quick? Yeah, Malin? That's funny. Uh, I don't, I don't usually uh, plan that quick because I'm just, my mind needs to do, I'm not a multitasker, basically. And so, any non any non-multitaskers? Most of the guys? No? <laughs> Never. <laughs> um, but, but like I said, like, it's hard to see the plan because you didn't schedule it. You didn't foresee it. You didn't expect it. So you can't embrace it. You can't, you can't understand it because you didn't plan for it. But God planned for it. And when he plans for something, it's for a purpose and it's for the benefit of you and the people around you. That's always how his plans always worked out. So you have to ask yourself, will you trust God with the plan? And so the last thing I wanted to talk about that I didn't really write as much, but uh, his son. That's the third thing that's uh, unexpected. His son. Uh, as I read through the Old Testament and reading like the prophets of like like the coming Messiah and stuff like that, like if you put it in like this day and age, it's like it sounds like he's a superhero. Like he's supposed to like he's, uh, like I would expect God to come down, maybe middle age, like full of testosterone, and like just comes down and like shakes the ground and and goes down to hell, breaks all the chains, and like gets the keys to hell to come back out. Like that's what I would expect, like him to be a superhero. But the way he took that route as you read the gospel, is something that doesn't meet our expectation. He didn't come down as a warrior. He came down as a baby. He didn't come down as a dependent. Oh, no, he didn't come down as a dependent. He didn't come, yeah, he just didn't come as a warrior. He came as an infant. Some people would call like, I'm not saying babies are amazing, but like he, like that's almost like a weakling. Like Like babies need help because they don't know, because they're just, they're just little infants. So like it's, so seeing that was unexpected. Another thing that was unexpected, John the Baptist baptized Jesus. He didn't baptize him. Even John said it himself. He was like, I'm not worthy to baptize you. I'm not worthy to dip you under this water for you to be baptized. And the Lord was like, just do it. Just baptize me. And when he baptized him, heaven opened and a dove came down saying, I'm grateful. How did it go? I'm glad. Uh, does anybody know the verse? You know what I'm talking about? With him I am very well pleased or something like that? I should have. Yeah, this is my son. With him I am very well pleased. Thank you. Y'all know y'all's word. Um, stuff like that with the Lazarus situation. When Lazarus, when Lazarus died, Jesus said two days before that he's not going to die. But two days later, he dies. 
And I forgot who was there who said it, but he said, Jesus, if you would have been here quick enough, he would have still been alive. But sometimes God has to do something out of your timing, out of your unexpectation, out of your preference to show his glory. Because if we, because ha- if we think that God is just going to meet our expectation every single time, then we hinder him as a God. We hinder him as this God who is almighty, who is all powerful. And then we miss it because we're, le- we're trying to hold him down to this expectation. And then even the Sermon on the Mount, like when, like when someone hits you on the cheek, offer the other side, like, like I'm not going to do that. I'll probably punch them. If they're trying to hit me, I'll boss up. But, you know, that's just me. I'm just ghetto like that. Um, so, so the point I'm trying to say is, is that even the gospel, the way Jesus did it, it looked like weakness, but it was actually strength in disguise. When he died on that cross, it looked like he was done. He was in the grave. But like I said, when you expect the unexpected, it changes the whole dynamic of how you see the gospel, of how you see Jesus, how he, how he died, but yet went to the grave, defeated Satan, took the keys to hell, and then instead of just like making this huge entrance, he just rose again. He rose from the grave. And we have to understand that when with expectation, we can't expect God to just meet it every time. Now, of course, the Bible does say um, we can make plans, but he'll direct the steps. But that means if you make the plan, you have to trust God to make those steps. But they're not going to be steps that maybe you might think you might need those steps to be, you know. And so, and so that's kind of like that's kind of like the thing I want to talk about tonight was sometimes you have to expect the unexpected for your faith to be built. Because that was another quote that I had in here: expectation takes faith, but unexpectation builds it. It built it. It really built your faith because with unexpectation, God, the Bible says God's always doing a new thing. He's always doing a new thing. Sometimes it is unexpected. So you have to understand that when God does something unexpected, understand he's doing something new in your life. He's doing something different. He's doing a new dynamic in your life. But you have to accept it as it is. No matter if you like it or not, he's doing it for your benefit and for his purpose. Um, another quote that my friend had said, um, I had it written in here. Actually, no, put it on the board. Put it on there. The second one. Expect God to move in your life, but don't expect it to be your way. Like I said, I keep saying this over and over, but it's so important to understand. When you expect God, he'll do it, but not the way you're going to have to expect it. Sometimes he has to let your faith grow in an area where unexpectation has to happen. And so I'm going to have everyone stand up. I'm finished, so I'll let everyone stand up. Um, we can shut off the lights. I just want you, I just want you guys to have a, an expectation with God that is unexpected. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, God, God just disappointed me this week. You know, he didn't do what, what I prayed that he would do. Or he did something different, like it wasn't the way I thought it would be. But sometimes we have to get this mindset of, how God looks at us with expectation. Because sometimes he expects something from us, especially as his children. He expects some things from us as well. He expects us to follow his will. He expects us to be obedient to him. He expects us to get in a relationship, a loving relationship with him. And sometimes we can miss that. Sometimes we can miss that opportunity 
And so when we think we want to expect God, God's expecting us to do the same thing. So I every head bowed and every eye closed. Can I have someone on the keys? Yes. Thank you, Rachel. Um, we're not going to really have um, an altar call. I was going to try it out, but I was just going to, it was just a simple conversation. I didn't have anything too big to, to offer, but I hope, you, I hope you guys got something out of this because it really wrecked me when I finally realized that God, when he does something unexpected, it's for a reason. Even when I don't even understand the unexpected, I have to trust him that I have to, I have to trust the process of what he's doing in my life. There's a little illustration that I, uh, that I had told. You probably heard it before, but there was, this, there was a flood and this old lady was on the house, the top of the house. And a helicopter had came by and she had said, and they were willing to pick her up, but she said, no, God will save me. I'll be, I'll be okay. God will save me. And then a boat came, came down the, uh, the little flooded path and she had, and they had asked, um, can we save you? Can like, like come with us, come into the boat. She said, no, God will save me. God will save me. And she's asking this question, God, why didn't you save me? But he was sent, but God told her this. God said, I sent a helicopter and I sent a boat and you didn't accept any of it. Why? Because you expected something, you expected something different. But I brought something that is so simple that you didn't even realize what I was trying to do. And so when it comes to expectation, understand that God's going to be unexpected. There's, an er- there's areas in your life where you feel like there's, there has to be questions to be answered. Like these things in your mind, like you can't understand what God's trying to do. And so I just want to pray a simple prayer and then we'll head out. I don't want to keep you up for too long. It's already, it's only 7.55, okay? So let's pray. Father, Father, come have your way tonight. Lord, you know our hearts. Lord, you know, you know what we need. Lord, sometimes we just have to break these expectations off our life. The things that sometimes when you're unexpected, Lord God, let us not have this dis- this this moment of disappointment but let our faith grow father let our faith be stretched to the way you want it to be father i pray that everyone in this room gets something from this father i pray that your word stands still with all of them lord i pray that that unexpectation brings greater faith it brings a greater expectation in jesus name Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.